Hi guys, I'm Rachel and I'm Jess and this is Mothering On My Own podcast. Each episode will dive into stories of resilience, triumph and personal growth shared by women who are mothering on their own. This podcast serves as a reminder that you are not truly alone and there's a community of women who are navigating the highs and lows of this extraordinary journey. Join us as we unpack the many ways of mothering on my own. Hey guys, welcome back to our next episode. It is the end of Jan. I feel like I started the first episode of this year just in astonishment that it was 2024 and now we are literally at the 30th of January, which just blows my bloody mind. Like it happens every year. Like that first two months is like a whirlwind. Yeah. And I I just had so many clear goals and visions for this year. So a month has gone by already, like one out of 12. I'm yeah. Now I'm just getting in my head going, am I in line to what all my goals were? Like, am I w- working towards them? So anyway, let's do a little recap of, I guess, the first month of Jan. How's it going, Rach? I've already ticked off one of my goals, actually. And I thought it was going to happen like at the middle of the year or the end of the year. I got a puppy and I was not expecting to get one so soon. I always knew that I would rescue my next dog and German Shepherd puppies don't really pop up all the time, but it just so happened that a breeder decided to dump some and they gave me a call and now I have a little puppy. And it is a lot, I actually have to admit, walking an older dog that is now very slow, a child and a puppy. I think we sort of said in one of our last episodes, people are always like, oh my God, like, do you need help? And I'm like, no, I am actually used to chaos And I think I exist better in chaos. It's just kind of like just the more the merrier. Give me more dogs. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, puppies are like having babies. Like I know they're not the same. Like They're not, but. I mean animals and dogs. The first few nights I thought there was something wrong with me. I had like the worst migraine. I was like really not coping. And I actually think it was from the sleep deprivation. I was taken back to those early days he just was waking up and I was just laying there. And anyway, I was like, oh my goodness, this is like, yeah, you know, anyway, he's sleeping through. So we're good now. That's but, exciting. <laughs> but, but it's really cute. That's so good. Okay. So you've had a puppy, but also you've had actually a cracking start to the year. You've also yeah, had, had your demi pair move in. Yeah. So she moved in last Saturday. So very fresh. Um, but yeah, you know, Jess, I've told you a couple of times, like it, you know, very fresh. I haven't used her a lot yet. Um, Still sort of figuring things out. She's trying to get a job, but really simple, basic things. I went for a beach walk last night. I put Lenny to bed and it's really funny. I don't know if you do this, Jess, but you kind of relish in those moments when you are child-free and the simple act. I actually had dinner with her last night and I said, I don't think you understand what me just going for a little beach walk by myself like is for me. It's a Mm. really significant big thing, which it kind of shouldn't be, but, um, and I was walking around, it was sunset, everyone's out and about watching sunset. And I'm like, oh, this is what people do when you don't have small children that have to be in beds at certain times. And Mm. there's no one there that you can duck out. It's yeah. Wild. What just those little moments are. And I can just only imagine after me having, you know, regularity of these things is going to do. And I think it's what led to us getting this guest on. She's got a pretty cool story. She created a little momune. It's she's American, so I find I'm like momune or momune. I'm not too sure. <laughs> a really cool story, and I think you know we say this all the time, Jess. You actually have to get really creative when you've got circumstances that are kind of up against you. You've got to get creative. You've got to use opportunities that come your way. You've got to ask for help. You've got to think outside the box, and. Um, these two best friends happened to go through a divorce at a similar time and decided to, you know, go through that bloody wild transition together. And I think it's a really cool story. And yeah, who wants to live with me? What about you? How has your January been? You were away quite a bit over the Christmas period. It's always a bit unsettling coming back to reality sometimes, isn't it? Mm, I feel like the Jan, you know, the first two weeks are always a little bit slow. I probably only feel like the last few weeks I've been starting to get into it. And I'm just being very mindful of the goals, like I said, that I have set for this year. So I'm just trying to be very intentional with the jobs that I take in. I've said, you know, the social media work that I do, I can say yes or no to whatever comes my way. So I'm trying to just be very, um, yeah, like I said, aligned to what I'm working with this year. So, 
but I do feel like it's getting busy already. And I'm like, yeah. no, I just want to relish in that calmness a bit. So yeah, no, it's good. Um, there's some awesome stuff coming this year. I've got some, you know, friends wedding in Bali, a friend's wedding in Italy. So there's really big, exciting things coming and so much. I just feel like we've gone full throttle with the podcast and our planning yeah. and what we're trying to bring to you guys with this. So I feel like there's a lot in the works and it's going to be an exciting year. Like Rach said, this episode is amazing. We loved chatting to Kristen. Please, if you are enjoying these episodes, please rate us on Spotify or podcast or give us your feedback or share it to someone. It is genuinely the best help that you can do for us. And we just put so much time and effort into this to help all of you and to really support everyone. So if you do get a moment, please pause the episode right now. And it takes two seconds to star five star or <laughs> I'm being um, presumptuous there. Five star us on Spotify. Um, yeah, it would just mean the world to us. So thank you so much. Super early this morning. I've actually just ordered a $16 coffee on Uber Eats to welcome Kristen Beta Kiefer, (laughs) who is a single mom to her daughter, Rome. And the reason why we're getting up early is she actually lives in Florida. So she, we came across her. She had a really viral TikTok, very shared generously her experience you know, journeying after divorce through infidelity. She's featured on Good Morning America and the New York Times sharing about her kind of unusual, but we think pretty amazing living arrangements. She's navigated divorce alongside her best friend of 12 years, Tessa, who lives with her in what they call their mommune. And they have their own podcast together called Let's Grow Through It. Thank you so much for joining us, Kristen. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for that awesome introduction. (laughs) I always love the intros. There's such a hype and it just gets everyone. I like, know. It's like, dang, I've done a lot in the last year. <laughs> you have. We're making waves. And we said this just before we started recording. We actually saw some of your viral videos and they just hit home for so many people. I went through the comment section and you were really just pioneering, I feel, this space for just post-separation and divorce. So we just can't wait to get into this chat. But for anyone that hasn't seen you online, do you mind sharing a bit about yourself, what you were doing before you became a single mum? I know you were traveling around in a van with your husband. (laughs) I have a very um, interesting story. So I was living full-time in a converted bus with my now ex-husband, our daughter and our dog, and we traveled full-time and we were very much online. Like we had a YouTube channel, a TikTok and Instagram. We were sharing that journey of like getting a bus, converting it, and then traveling as a family every week. We had a pretty large following on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram. We were like known as the it bus life family, you know, like everyone's like, oh, they can do it. We can do it, you know? And it was so awesome for the first two years. It was like my dream. My dream was always to live in a bus and travel full time. And then I convinced my husband to do it. And so we started traveling and it was amazing. We went all over, went up into Canada and Nova Scotia. And um, then the third year that we were traveling, we met up with another married couple who lived in a bus and they had three dogs. And um, yeah, my husband and the woman of that marriage started having an affair two weeks into our travels. We traveled with them for three months. So they were like having an affair for two and a half months while they were like, he was like being friends with her husband and she was being friends with me. And really weird, like in hindsight, like how could you do that? But I'm into a place now where I'm like, well, everything kind of, it's unfolded the way that it should. And I'm in a really great place in life. But eventually I kind of like was like, I think there's something going on here. They, of course, both lied about it and like gaslit me, like insanely gaslit me. And so we left and then I spent the next nine months just like pouring everything I could into saving my marriage, you know, because he said nothing happened and that they were just friends. And I'm like thinking too much about this. And so I was like, okay, well, we clearly have like trust issues now. So let's work on this. So we were in therapy and I was doing everything I could to save my marriage. And then, um, And he was cheating on me the whole time. So eventually I found a text message in WhatsApp where she was texting him and saying, you know, like, I know I say this all the time, but I can't wait until the day that we can finally be together. I feel like that's a day I can breathe again. And I was just like, okay, well, I called her. 
I FaceTimed her from his phone and she like hung up on me. So then I called her back and she was like, what do you want? And I was like, I just want the truth because like, you know, I know he's not going to give it to me. He just told me he loves me. He only wants to be with me. And she's like, oh, that's such a lie. And I was like, yes, I know. So can you tell me the truth, please? Like, this is all I've wanted. And so she, um, we met up, she told me everything. And then I went home. I brought her back with me and I was like, here's your girlfriend. I grabbed my kid, my dog, and I got in the car and left and then filed for divorce a couple of weeks after that. And here I am Gosh. now. <laughs> wow. I actually saw Tessa's TikToks talking about detail. <laughs> and it's so heavy. Like I know when, you know, it's a it's years on now. So when you reflect upon it, it's like you do just talk about the facts and you yes. kind of step through like that. But I just <laughs> that moment of finding that text message, do you remember it or what that, like, what were those initial feelings when you found it? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a really weird thing because like two days before I'd gotten, I would gotten like really into meditating and just kind of like trying to like, you know, connect with God and through meditation and stuff like that. And I had this weird like thing in meditation, like two days before that, where it was like this I swear I was probably floating. Like it was the weirdest experience I've ever had in my entire life. But after that meditation, I was like, okay, I'm like letting this go. Like it did, they have an affair. Did they not? You know, like, I'm just going to let it go. I'm moving on with my life by July 1st. I don't ever want to think like, did something happen between them again or not? I'm just moving forward with my life. And I thought I was moving forward in my life with my husband because he had been like, I don't know, their affair was like on and off through the whole time. And so like when it was off, he would, you know, would be like, back engaging in the marriage and like trying to be like super husband. And so at that point he was kind of acting that way, but then I don't even know. But anyway, so I was like thinking that's the way my life is going to go. I'm going to let this go and never think about it again and just let it go, you know? And then, and I was like, if there's anything I need to know, just bring it to me. I don't want to be looking for it. I don't want to like, you know, if there's something I need to know, just bring it to me. And so the next day, plastic free July, messaged me and I made a, a reel and they're like, Hey, we love your reel. Can you send it to us so we can like share it? And I was like, Oh yeah, sure. That's cool. And I was like, how do you want me to send it? And they're like, WhatsApp. And I was like, okay, I don't have WhatsApp, but he did. And so I like went into, he was taking a shower and I went in and I just picked up his phone and it was on airplane mode. And I was like, that's really weird. And I was like, why is your phone on airplane mode? And he was like, what? And I was like, why is your phone on airplane mode? He's like, Oh, I don't know. And so I like turned it on and then he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I have to send this video to Plastic Free July through WhatsApp. That guy was like one second out of the shower, you know? Oh, I couldn't find the app because he had it hidden. So I had to like search in the little search bar, you know, WhatsApp. Mm. And then it came up. And as soon as I opened it, the text message from her came through. And I was just like, I just read this book <laughs> called Wife School. Because I was, you know, trying to be the best wife ever. But there was, there was something very valuable that I learned about. And it was like, when you have every right to be crazy, be calm. Because that's scarier to them. Like, And also, like, they're, they're not going to just be able to say, oh, you're being crazy. Because yes. you're not. You're being you very calm. Yep. And so I was like, read it. And I was like, okay, what the f-? You know, like, and I was like, what is yeah. this? And he was just like... Um, we've just been talking as friends, you know? And I was like, no, I was like, explain this text message. And he was like, I love you. I only want to be there. And I was like, no, that's not true. Cause if that was true, you wouldn't be doing this. And I was just like, don't follow me. Cause at that point I was like, I'm done with this guy. He's clearly a liar. You know, like he's not going to tell me the truth. He's been gaslighting me for a whole year. And so I was like, I just have to talk to her, you know, it's like the only way that I might get the truth here. Mm. And so then I left and, you know, called her and then eventually we met, but it was, um, it's, I think I was weirdly calm through it all. And I think it was because I had just had that really like magical meditation. And so it was kind of like, everything's working out for me, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you think there's an element of also relief because you had been exciting you and I think it's one thing as women, we don't trust our intuition sometimes. You obviously had this innate knowing that something was going on. So yeah, was there an element of being like, I'm actually not fucking crazy. And I was right all along. Yes. Once I got the truth from her, like everything that she told me, it felt like freedom because I felt Mm. like I had been living in hell for an entire year. My husband was 
just when we were traveling together, all of a sudden he just started being mean to me and like starting fights all the time. And it was really weird and like out of character for our relationship. And then the gaslighting and like, cause she was also gaslighting me through her social media. Cause she, you know, she told me nothing happened. He just like, we're just friends. And he just confided in me some of the issues you guys were having, you know? And then she tried to gaslight me saying that I didn't try hard enough to be friends with her when we were traveling together and like yeah. all you know x y and z that i did that like hurt her feelings sort of thing and so i was like okay well sorry you know but like we're in a bad place in our marriage right now because of whatever happened i'm sorry he brought you into this but you know we're working on it now and we're going to try to get through this and then she would be like wearing his sweatshirt in her oh video gosh. wearing his shirt in her videos and just like using songs that were like are songs, but I'm I'm assuming he made them their songs too, you know? And so I was just like, mm. this girl is, there's, you know, and that's why Tessa was so invested because she was like, there something is not right here. Like no mm. woman would act this way after you just like confided as a friend that like your marriage was having trouble and then they would act like that. No. So anyway, it was, it was awful. It was an awful, awful, the darkest, worst time of my entire life. And so, yes, like one, getting confirmation that I wasn't insane, mm. such a great feeling, you know? And then it's like, okay, so now I have to, but now it's like, now I'm free from that. I'm not like, he has no power over me anymore. I don't ever have to believe any of his lies ever again. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. I can remove myself from that and then just figure out how to move forward with my life now. Now we, like, of course, this is a podcast for single mums, but I'm sure like you can attest, I'm sure there are plenty of women that reach out to you that are in relationships that potentially feel like they're on their own. And even, you know, the fact that you were going to all of this effort to be the best version of yourself, be a better wife, do all of this work. You have said that single mum life is somehow easier than when you were a married mum. Can you talk us a little bit how and for women that maybe are listening to this going, I'm feeling like it could be better. Well, I think that the main thing is he, I feel like he might've, I don't know, always been like this, but then it definitely got worse like at the end, but it was just like, you know, he wasn't really helping out at all with our child. You know, it was like, I was doing bedtime. I was doing breakfast. I was doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I was doing all of the parenting, all, you know, and our daughter at this time, she was, she just, Turn, well, she was two, then turned three, like when we were traveling together with them. And then that whole year is like the threes, you know? So there's a lot yeah. of, they're coming into their emotions then. And there's a lot of, you know, like, how do we parent through this in a different way so that we're not traumatizing our kid in the same, well, and this is how I felt. I don't, you know, he did like zero. I think the problem in a lot of marriages is men tend to do zero of the mental load and also like- yes barely any of the physical load. And I think that that's why, and what happens is then you start to resent them for that. And so it's like, I'm carrying everything. Why are you even here? You're not like contributing to the family. And then like what you just then want me to like cook for you. And you start to feel like you're mothering them too. And so yeah. it's just, it breeds a lot of room for like stress and resentment and like feeling like you have another child. So then when you leave, it's like, oh, I don't have a child that I have to care for. And I know that I'm doing everything on my own now. So mm -hmm. I don't have any, I don't have any expectations that somebody should be helping me here. And so yeah. I, if, if I know, I know I can do it all, all on my own. I know that, but if there's somebody here who's supposed to be helping me and they're not, and they're just adding to the load, like yeah. it's obviously going to be easier when they're not around anymore. I completely agree. I have this conversation with my girlfriends all the time because whenever their partners go away and they're like, oh my God, Jess, like I, you know, I was on my own for a week and I, like, I seriously don't know how you do it more than that. Like I struggled only in a week and I'm like, yeah, but like you just said, you have no expectation. So it genuinely changes your whole mind. You're like, it is just me. And I also don't have another whole human to be looking after. So I was exactly the same. I was like, there's actually so many elements that are so much easier and you're just so much more at peace as well in your mind. We spoke about this off air and Rachel and I know, do you mind sharing about Tessa? Sorry, we've mentioned her a few times already. Tessa is my best friend. We have the podcast together called Let's Grow Through It. We've been best friends since we were 21 and 20. So we met in college, we were roommates in college and we've gone through weirdly like 
every single phase in life. Like our lives mirror each other so much. It's insane. So like when we both met our ex-husbands at the same time, got engaged, married, and pregnant within six months of each other. And the day that I called her to tell her, I think that my husband is cheating on me. She said, well, that's, I'm going to go ahead and say he is because I just found out yesterday that my husband is cheating on or did cheat on me. And um, and we were just like, what is happening? Yeah. So then I filed for divorce. And then I want to say two months later, she was like, I can't do this anymore. I have to leave. Because we both stayed for like a year after that, trying to see, could we like heal from our, this infidelity? And hers was different. He had just cheated on her one night with a sex worker in Vegas. So it was like not, it was not like a long term affair with a person where you're emotionally involved and you know, all the lying and the gaslighting and everything, but it's still the same. Like it's still a betrayal and betrayal is really hard to feel safe again with that person that they, you know, I don't know how anybody ever does it. Honestly, I I know people do get through it, but couldn't be me. Like, Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk us through a little bit about the separation just after when you filed for divorce? I want to get to your divorce bucket list. Just, I guess, that little bit of time. Did you leave straight away and then said, look, I want a divorce? Or like, how quickly did that happen? Yeah, like before I left that day, I I put my my daughter in the car and um and I went inside really quick to just like get one more thing. And I just told him then I was like, I'm leaving you. I'm taking half of everything. Like, and you're not going to get to see our child anymore every day because we're going to be splitting custody, you know? And then I just left. And then that was my plan, you know? And he, of course, then spent the next couple of months begging and crying and like not accepting reality, basically. Cause like, I'm, I'm, I can fix this, you know, she blackmailed me and I just got caught in a web of lies. I only want to be with you, blah, 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 blah. But like for, for me, it was just like, I'm dead set that like, I'm divorcing you. There is no yeah. way I would ever be able to feel safe in that relationship ever again. And so I filed for divorce. I want to say it was like three weeks later that I actually went and met with a lawyer and filed for divorce. Can I ask how long? Because in Australia, I think, is it a year for divorce? Yes, you you've got to be separated for a year before you can get divorced and you've got to do counseling, don't you? I'm pretty sure you have to do counseling, like mandatory counseling. I could have made that up, but I'm pretty sure you do. But yeah, you have to be separated for a year. Some patriarchy bull crap right there. Okay. So I filed for divorce three weeks later. Now, Tessa, she had lived in Colorado and then she moved to Florida and because she wasn't a resident of Florida, she had to wait six months before she could file for divorce in the state of Florida, which is insane. So she's she's like just in the the messy part of her divorce right now because she had to wait that six months to to get going, and then yes. there was a lag in it. Okay, let's get onto your divorce bucket list now because I have never seen this before. So please <laughs> share with our listeners what your divorce bucket list is and some of the things that are on it. Yeah. So I love bucket lists. I make them for everything in life. I travel bucket list, just like my whole life. I could probably pull out like 10 right now from that I made when I was like 20, 21. So for me, it just felt natural. I'm like in this new phase of life where I'm trying to reinvent myself and try new things and, you know, not just sit at home when my daughter is with her dad, sad and lonely. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to make a divorce bucket list. Like, why not? That sounds fun to do. And so I just put, I was very ambitious when I made my divorce bucket list. So I have 38 things on the list. And, um, and they range from just like little things like buy myself flowers to really big things. Like I'm going to go swim with sharks this year. Like that's on my divorce bucket list and just trying new things and seeing if there's like new hot, new hobbies, new habits, new, new things that I want to integrate in my life as this new divorced woman that I am. And so hold on, I have my divorce bucket list right here. It's in my <laughs> thing. But here it is. I got 38 things on it. <laughs> we went to uh Tessa and I went to a lantern festival. I ran a 5K. That's actually something that I do now. So I ran a 5K last year and the year before because it was on my divorce bucket list. And I'm not even a runner, but like I this is like it's at like Christmas time every year and it's really fun with like a group of people. And so I do that now every year. I took surf lessons, start therapy was on there, indoor skydiving, foster an animal, flying a hot air balloon, acupuncture. I got my eyebrows microbladed. That was that was the first one I checked yeah. off. Glow so it's just like 
fun things and then new things and all sorts of things. It's just, and I, and I really think I made it because I wanted to make sure that when my daughter was with her dad, I wasn't just sitting at home. That's a good one. Watching Netflix and not doing anything and, you know, being sad and just alone. Like you had like, things that you knew you had to check off. Cause I think so many women do say yeah. that they feel like lost souls. And then mm-hmm. the time that they do get off, they feel lost. They don't and know then what to do with it. Yeah. They don't so this always, this always gave me something to like look forward to in those, in those first couple of months after it was like, Oh, well, I'm going to try to check something off my divorce bucket list this weekend. while mm-hmm. she's gone for four days. You know, I think that's also so nice. I think we always talk about goals and aspirations and all the things but I think sometimes we really forget to just do things that are fun and that make us feel yes. really good mm-hmm. so like going yeah. to get a facial and or, yeah like you said healing yeah that's on there because I've never gotten a facial before so I'm like I'm gonna go get I haven't done that oh. one yet I, that's probably gonna be the next one I do <laughs> yeah and even there's you know if you're not financially in a solid position there's also so much that you can do that's not you know costly so yes yeah exactly there's yeah. tons of just different things. And it's even like, it could be like, you know, download there. And I don't know about over there, but in America, we have like an app, it's called peanut. And it's like how you can make mom friends, you know? And so it's just like things like that you could do, like make a new mom friend, like just to push Mm -hmm. your comfort zone instead of just sitting at home all the time and not really feeling excited about life. Yeah. Yeah. And how long did it take you to, we'll get into it a bit deeper afterwards, but did you make the bucket list right away or was it something that you had to work towards? I made it the first weekend that my daughter was with her dad for, so Mm -hmm. for the first month after everything happened, I obviously did not trust one that this was a mentally stable person. Cause like, how could a mentally stable person live like double life for a whole entire year and do Mm -hmm. what he did? And so I was like, I don't trust you to be alone with our child right now. Cause I just don't trust you at all as a person. So all the visits that we did, I would let him see her anytime he wanted to, but it was always supervised. Like I, we would go to the pool and she would go play with him. And then, and I think that was a good little transition for her too, to like get used to like, mm-hmm. she would come to me and ask me for things. I'd be like, go ask your dad, you know, whereas before I wouldn't have done that, I would have just done it for her. So it was like, got her used to, okay, daddy can do things, you know, <laughs> daddy can mm-hmm. take care of me. And so after a month of that, and when I went and filed for divorce, my lawyer was like, you need to get like a time sharing schedule in. So that way, if it does go to court, it sh- it, it'll be like good to show that you are sharing custody of your child. And so I was like, let's implement. And he was, and of course, they all say they want 50-50 custody, you know? And so I'm like, okay, let's try 60-40. So you can just see what it actually feels like to be responsible mm-hmm. for your child 40% of the time. And then he, you know, didn't fight for 50-50 after that. Oh gosh. Um, you spoke about your divorce being and going through the cheating, the, the best and the worst thing that ever happened to you. Can you share what you mean by that? It's the worst thing and is like the darkest time of my entire life. And not so much the divorce part, but the whole year before the divorce where I was getting cheated on and I was trying to save this marriage and like feeling insane and just not feeling connected to myself at all. And it was just such a dark, terrible time. And then obviously the first couple, I it, and it goes on for different for everyone. Like all healing journeys look different. For me, it was like I was living in hell, you know? And so when I finally left, obviously it was sad and it was, it was hard. It hurt, but I was also healing then. But, you know, it's like a lot to process. And so I was like, oh, this is awful. My whole life has just like blown up. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life now, you know? And it's really dark. But then me and Tessa always say it kind of like this pushed us into our purpose. And that's how it became the best thing that ever happened. Cause I've grown more as a person in the last two years than I have in my 33 years on this planet. Mm. You know, it's like so yeah. much growth comes from it. I've gotten to such a positive outlook on life and on just everything, you know, like I'm, I genuinely believe everything is always working out for my best my best interest now. Like, it's like, even if it looks like, oh, my husband cheated on me and my whole life fell apart and that's terrible. No, if that happened to me again, I would be like, I just know that this is like the best, this is going to be the best thing that happened to me because it's going to lead me somewhere that I never would have ended up. It also taught me, I love myself now. Like I truly, truly, truly love myself so much. My self-worth is like, I've done so much work, inner work because of this and gotten to a place where I am like kind to myself. I forgive myself for 
the not great things that I've done in my past, you know, and I, I love myself. And because of that, like no man is even going to ever be able to come in and screw my life up again. Because like, I'm just like too, I would see it and be like, no, this is disrespectful. Bye. Like, I'm, you don't even get it. You don't even get a second chance. You either like it or you're not like, that's because Mm -hmm. I love myself so much. And I'm so peaceful being on my own. And, and then just really the purpose thing, you know, we have the podcast, I'm writing a book. We get messages from like thousands of women, just like sharing their story. And we're creating this sort of safe place for women who have gone through betrayal and divorce to just not feel alone. And that's better than any crappy marriage. So yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So something that you wrote recently, you said that forgiveness is for you, not for them. So forgiveness doesn't mean that you actually agree with what they did. It just means you're ready to let what they did no longer control you emotionally and mentally. What did your process look like in terms of forgiveness? And how did you sort of move past that? You know, probably resentment that many women would feel. We did interview someone else and it was, she said, sometimes you feel like you're letting them go scot-free if you move on. But it's obviously such a big element. Or if you don't like, you know, hold them accountable for their actions. And I wish that more people would understand that forgiveness is for you because like, yes, what they did hurt. It wasn't like kind. It wasn't a kind thing to do. And I could sit here and I could be like resentful and I could hate them and I could want to get revenge for the rest of my life. Like I could put all of my power Mm -hmm. on them. But why would I do that? Like, that's such a waste of my power and my energy and my attention, you know? And so it's like the only way to stop doing that is to forgive them, but for yourself. So, you know, like I'm forgiving these people so that way they don't have any control over me anymore. And that doesn't mean like, I think, oh, it's okay that they lied to me for a whole entire year and he was doing Mm -hmm. all this terrible stuff. Like it doesn't mean that at all. It just means like I've gotten to a place where I understand that hurt people hurt people and I don't want to be a hurt person anymore. I want to be a healed person. So I've never really be able to understand it, but it's not my place to even try to understand it. It's just like they have some wounds. They have some healing that they need to do that they haven't done yet. And maybe they're going to teach each other those lessons in life. Like it's not my place to teach them any more lessons. And as long as they're not doing anything to like harm me anymore and they're not harming my child, then they don't matter. They're, they're not, it's just a thing that happened in the past now. And obviously like that's a process to get there, you know, and you, and you feel like there are so many things that I did to get there. Journaling definitely helps. Like my, I I started therapy and then my therapist was like, why don't you write a letter to both of them and just write everything that you feel and think and would want to say to them and, you know, anything and nothing, hold back, nothing. Even if you, even, you know, cause these are just thoughts and we're not our thoughts. Like we're our awareness of our thoughts. And so it's just like, so I wrote down some ooh things like even after I got done writing, I was like, I don't even want that. You know, <laughs> like I don't want you guys to suffer mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. I'm just like hurt right now. And so that's how, that's how it came out when I was writing it down, but that helps you release it. And the more you can release it, the easier it is to let it go. And so like crying my whole life, I've always been a person who was like, I don't suppress it. Anytime I want to cry, I just push it down. You know, crying's weak. Don't cry. Don't cry. Now I'm like, I don't care where I'm at. Like if it comes up, I got to cry. I'm crying because I know that that's my body trying to release this energy and everything and like get me back to a state of homeostasis and shoving it down and suppressing it is only going to make it come back up later in an amplified way that like you don't want to do that. So yeah. just finding ways to release it, to feel it, then to he- like release it and heal it is is the process. And I can, like, it's so listening to you speak, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's just, I remember writing a journal entry like very soon after my separation and it was, pre- I, I read back on it a year later and I was like, whoa. I was like, that's, a, that's an angry person and that's a hurt yeah. person. Like you said, it just doesn't serve you. You know, whatever way your separation happened, I think, you know, there'll be so many of my friends or anyone else listening that people say, how did you get through it? And it's exactly what you said in that if you hold on to all of that anger and that animosity or whatever it is, that is only disservicing you yeah. and your child and your relationship mm-hmm. and biggest hopes and your biggest dreams and everything that you want is not going to come from a place of, like you said, that not forgiving. I remember actually early days, someone asking me about forgiveness. And I was like, 
nah. I was so like, and I just didn't, and I didn't understand it. And then I started looking into it and it was that exactly like you said, in just really forgiving for, for moving on. So absolutely anyone listening, you should. It only hurts you. It doesn't hurt them. They don't care that you hate them. They don't care that you're mad at them. They don't care that they, so holding on to that only hurts you and just letting it go. And I, and I know it's, it's challenging because we have all these blocks that come up and it's like, no, but they don't, they don't deserve it. And it's like, no, they don't deserve it, but you, you deserve do. it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And we talk and we'll about do- this even just from like a in life lens, you know, sometimes we feel just even the fact that we're now a single mom, we feel angry about that and life's not the way it was meant to be. And it's letting go <laughs> of the story that it's not how we thought it would be and just accepting what is and it, you know, letting go of the story, what we thought it would be, it gives you all of that power back. So you can create whatever you want from that. Whereas if you're just sitting in this anger, like you said, there is no room for growth, joy, happiness, because you're just fucking angry. Like mm-hmm. yeah, it's not going to serve you in the slightest. Yeah. Yeah. I came across a quote right before I found out that my husband was cheating on me. And it was, it was the degree to which you refuse to accept reality is the degree to which you will suffer. And it was like this mm-hmm. little light bulb that went on. Cause like, oh, cause this whole time I'm like, I can't believe that he would do this to me. I can't believe that she would do this to me. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. And I was denying reality and suffering so much for it. And so I, I check myself on that still sometimes like when I have to deal with things with family members or whatever, and I'm like struggling and then I'm like, oh, it's because I'm, I'm not accepting them just the way that they are. You like, accept like it not, it's not good or bad. It's just the way it is, you know, just mm-hmm. accept it. And then you will, you will live so much better. <laughs> totally. Totally agree. Would you say that that's because you speak about your positive co-parenting relationship now, would you say that the forgiveness was kind of the crux of <laughs> that being quite positive now? Well, we had a very um, positive thing going right away because, and, and maybe it was because I felt like, I felt like we could, since he was like crying and begging for me to take him back, I was like, I told him all the time, I was like, I'm never going to take you back. Your only hope for like anything with me in your future is a co-parenting friendship. We can work on that, you know? And so we would do things together. We threw our daughter's birthday party together. We went, we took her to Disney World together. We did all sorts of things together. Then he started dating his mistress again. And now they live together. So it's changed. It's still very positive. Like, and our daughter's in school now, so we don't have to see each other as much, which is really nice Mm -hmm. because, you know, they pick up and drop off is usually at school. But we still do, you know, it's very positive. And like, if we do have to see each other, it's not like we're not making eye contact. And, you know, there's clearly like bad energy there that our child can pick up on. And it's, and it's a thing too, where I do, I want to get to a place with that too, where it's like, once I, once I realized that it's like actually like a thing that's kind of set in stone, you know, cause it's like, you guys could both cheat on each other in the next year. And then what's the point yes. of me trying to create a relationship with this other woman so that we can like co-parent differently. But, and I think it's cause I'm a child of divorce and my mom, my dad also cheated on my mom. And then mm, my yeah. mom, I will always say my whole life, my mom's a saint, like, cause she would, could be around my dad and we to this day can do like Thanksgiving and my dad can mm-hmm. come and his new wife can come and my mom can come and all of us can be there. And it's not like weird. And, and he did, in my opinion, like what my, how my dad cheated on my mom is worse than how, what my husband did to my ex-husband did to me. So I'm always like, if my mom can do it, you know, like I can do it. And I know that it mattered for us as children to like still be able to feel like we could have that relationship with our dad. And so that's just what I want to give my kid. I want her to yeah. feel safe to have a relationship with both parents and safe to talk about that with both of us. And I also want her to feel safe to talk with me about the other woman too. So that day, whenever she walked into the house with us and my daughter saw her for the first time in nine months, she said, mom, I thought we don't like her. Like immediately mm-hmm. when she saw her, she's three years old and that's what she said. So, you know, she, there was a lot that she picked up on yeah. through that time. And so whenever she came back into the picture, it was, she kind of, I could sense that she felt like she couldn't talk to me about her. And so I had to work on, you know, making mm-hmm. her feel safe in that because I don't want to miss out on like a connection with my child because of what these people did to me. Like yeah. my child and my relationship with my child is the most important thing to me. Mm, that's that's huge. Well done. <laughs> Yeah, that's huge. Now we actually got a message last night about a woman that's kind of been in a relationship, a marriage for 10 years, and she's really exhausted, all options. 
but has so much fear about maybe those next steps of separation and what's to come. What would you say to someone that might be in that stage of going, I just don't know what's beyond that? What I always tell them, because I do get, I get messages like that a lot. And I'm always like, only you are going to know when it's the right time to like, if it's the right time for you to leave, I can't tell you, should you leave or should you not? If I did, it would always be leave. Like if you were questioning, should I leave or should I not leave? Like, don't stay, don't put yourself through that. Like, but also I am really glad that I stayed for as long as I did because then it made leaving so easy. It was like, I left and then that was it. I was done. Like there was no, did I make the right decision? Did I not? I 100 million percent knew I made the right decision when I left, you know, and it was, it was easy to leave. But my biggest advice is you're going to be okay. And you are going to feel so much happiness again. And you can get through this. You can, you will, you are stronger than you think. And most likely that man was dragging you down into a terrible dark place. And you're going to feel free once you leave. The other side is scary, but it's, it's just so much nicer over here. (laughs) I love it here. So yeah. Yeah. I think, Jess, it was even in your episode, you said, if you are unhappy, leaving actually gives you hope in life. And I think if you're staying in that miserable situation, there's actually zero hope because like, what do you have to, you don't see the possibility of meeting someone that you do love and adore. Yeah. You're just hopeful that your partner is going (laughs) to act like they did in the beginning, but yeah. Yeah. It doesn't sound silly at all because I'm so with you about universe signs. But I think sometimes like the universe will smack you in the face to give you what you want. And like you said, you asked for an answer. I I, I gave a date on it too. It was July 1st and then literally June 30th. Like it was like, hey, here you go. You're not going to be doing this anymore. And I was like, okay, I I will take a sign when I'm giving it. So yeah, like I just think there's there's a lot of power in that. Like if you can, I'm not going to say it's going to work for everyone, but trust yourself. You like said, you got. Most likely you're so disconnected from your intuition when you're in, uh, because I was so, my intuition was screaming at me for that entire year. And I was rejecting it because this, I was letting this man make me like think crazy thoughts. And so I was like ignoring my intuition. Whereas now it's like, I will never, if my intuition tells me anything, I'm like, it's a fact. Like I don't, and if it's not because a man is convincing me that it's not. Yeah. Yeah. So your mummyun has gained a lot of interest online and for good reason. More recently, you've actually gone viral when you shared a TikTok about a time that you were sick. Yeah. You were getting homemade cookies, offers to take your, your child to the park, homemade soup. Why do you think that struck a chord so much online? Do you think it's because married women were going, oh my goodness, like I don't get this? I think it's like what what I said earlier is how like so many men are not helping out physically or emotionally. And, and so like, some people are like, Oh, I wish that I would get this treatment when I like married women, you know, I've mm-hmm. been sick for five days and I've still had to do everything around the house. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of where a lot of marriages are at with like men, just not helping out with the childcare at all ever but then especially not when you're sick which it's like so hard because you're still expected to show up 100% when you feel like trash and it yeah that's the video that blew up the mom and got us on good morning america and in the new york times i just feel like so many women don't feel taken care of and i think that mm-hmm. that is why the idea of a mom is sounds like a fairy tale to so many women now because mm-hmm. they're just in these relationships where they're not getting support from their partner. Yeah. Can you tell us how that came to be? Obviously <clears throat> it started with your best friend, Tessa, but how did the idea come to be? So what actually happened is whenever I left my ex-husband, the house that I live in now, they're very good family friends. They're, and um, they were like, hey, you can come live here while you're you know, going through this, trying to figure out your next moves in life. You can come live here. And so they kind of just like welcomed me and my daughter and our dog into their home and they're empty nesters. So their whole like top floor of their house was just empty. They had two kids, but there's three bedrooms up here and then like a bonus room up here. 
And so then two months later, whenever Tessa was like, hey, I don't think I can do this anymore. I'm, I'm going to have to leave. You know, what do I do? Like, how do I do this? Because she was out in Colorado. So she's isolated. All of her family is here in Florida, or Georgia. So she's thousands of miles away from really any support system. And I was like, move here. And she's like, I can't move there. She didn't even know the people that <laughs> I'm living mm-hmm. with. And I'm like, you can't move here. And I promise like, it's going to be okay with them. There's room for you guys. And then we can the plan originally was then once she moved here, then her and I would eventually like in a month or two move out and get our own place. Mm-hmm. And she, it, it actually didn't take as long as I thought it would to convince her. It was like two phone calls. And then she was like, okay, all right, I'm going to do it. And I was like, okay. And so two weeks later, she, I was picking her up from the airport with her. Wow. She's had just the one kid up because it was Thanksgiving. So the older one went with her dad for the holiday and then she came with her baby. And then we picked him up at the airport and then they came here and then we all just like blended so nicely. We became this awesome little family. And yeah. So then they were like, you guys don't have to move out. Like there's no rush. Like if you want to stay here for the next five years, like you can stay here, you know? And so that then we're like, okay, well, say less because we yeah. love it <laughs> helpful and then did you then get other mums in as well because you live with did you live with four at one at one point there's only three three, three. in here but yeah. there is so it's a married couple so there's the third yeah. mom is married and so we we do have a man over in the mom unit but he's, <laughs> we call him a unicorn because he's just like they've been married for 25 years and there's a reason why they've been married for that long because he yeah. has a husband. And there are so many beautiful men and husbands and partners out there. It's just unfortunate that, you know, there's like women too. Like we're just, yes. Yeah. There's so many, but so, oh, that sounds so special. If there is anything, so if you, I'm sure there's so many people that are listening that are like, I want to be in a mum mood. I know, right. You would love to. <laughs> I tried. I tried. <laughs> What are some of the things that you would probably say just to consider maybe before living with other moms and kids? Well, I think that the most important thing is like uh, we said before we came on here, it's, it's like dating, you know, you're, you're welcoming a person into your child's life. And, and then even more, you know, it's like getting married kind of with a new person. And so it's like, you need to make sure that your, you, your values align, your beliefs align the way you parent aligns because not that the other person is going to be raising your kid, but they are going to be helping with raising your kid. And so you just can't bring in someone like who's going to feed your kid a bunch of crap, like packaged snacks and sugary things. And like your kid doesn't handle sugar well, but then there's a sugar around all the time. And so they're just going to have it like that's not going to work for you or your kid. It's not going to be a healthy environment. And so just making sure that, and are like, if somebody, you know, like you don't party and then this other person likes to party on the weekends when their kids aren't there. And then you're like not aligning there either, you know? And so it's just really important to treat it like a relationship, like a serious, serious relationship that could mess your kids up. So you need to make sure that you're making the right choice. Are there any other things that you're like, I genuinely couldn't have done this if I didn't live in this mum, you know, you know, with your friends? that now you're able to do? I feel like as women, we will, and mothers will figure everything out. So I don't feel like there's nothing, like if my whole situation would have been completely different, I would have figured it out and been able to do it. Mm -hmm. But this has been the biggest blessing. I know that like, I wouldn't be, because while Tessa, you know, was here, we would, and there was three women and we were all helping each other out. And it was like such a relief to have that support after not having support for so long and then just support while you're processing and trying to heal and everything. And then we would like just sit around and like our conversations would be so deep and therapeutic, which also just helped with the healing process. And then it was like never. So I'm still here. You know, I've been living here for almost two years now and it'll be two years in July. And the people that I live with, they, they have another house in North Carolina. So they like go there for the summer. And so I'm alone now, like when they go there, cause Tessa lives with her fiance now. And it's like, I don't really like this. <laughs> Can you guys come home? please? <laughs> I do know, like if this wasn't my situation, I would still, fi- I would find a way to make the most of it and to, you know, find a way to be happy and create that community and create like that. But I don't have to try as hard 
because I live in yeah. it. And it's like, that's, mm. that's just mm. the, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. A lot of the challenges that single women face is leaving, feeling this, you know, all of a sudden loneliness and isolation. I talk about it every bloody episode, like it's obscene how much I talk about it, but I can imagine that completely sort of diminishes that element because instead of being in this partnership and then all of a sudden being on your own 24 seven, your kids go away, you're sitting at home by yourself. You now have women around you and you can socialize, you can go out together, you can do life with someone still. And I think that would be so helpful instead of just being isolated all the time. Yeah. It's really helpful. And, um, and then also like, I feel like I'm, we're kind of coming into the season now. Tessa's about to have another baby. And so like, we obviously, we still, we see each other a lot and we, we do the podcast and everything, but like, and then, um, Cece, the other mom, she's married, you know, and, and further on in life than me. And so like, I don't really have like, oh, if I want to like go out and just like have like fun whenever my daughter is not here anymore. I don't really have that sort of community here yet because this is a new place Mm -hmm. for me to live. And so I'm starting to kind of feel that where it's like, I need to, I need to probably like make an effort now to make some other friends. And I feel like they may, they most likely need to be moms, like single moms that, Mm -hmm. cause if I just get like a single young friend, you know, who has no responsibility, it's not going to, I'm not going to be able to nurture that friendship in the way that like a single woman would expect a friendship to be nurtured. Yeah. Whereas like with single moms, like we get it. You got a kid. Sometimes things don't work out, but you know, like when we can get together, we can get together. We should do the yeah. mom, single mom retreat. <laughs> yes. I love it. Choose a country that's like in the middle. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we could ask you a million questions, but I would love to finish Obviously, you're someone that has big dreams and has gone to work on yourself to create this new, big, expansive life. What does your dream vision look like for you this year? Now, you do have a podcast with your best mate, Tessa. You've mentioned that you took some time away from dating. What's the big vision for you in 2024? So for me in 2024... It's, um, I'm writing a book. So my big vision for this year is I want to write that book, publish it and grow the podcast. My vision for this year is to help as many women as possible who are going through divorce, betrayal, becoming a single mom, just helping them know that they're not alone, that there's hope, there's light on the other side of this. So the book that I'm writing, it's going to be a workbook, journal book to just kind of like dig in deep and heal those parts of you that are really broken so that you can come out just beautiful and the new you on the other side. Dating, definitely not, not a thing that I will be doing. I don't, I don't have any desire right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the book sounds incredible and we can't wait. If this is just a snippet of it, we just can't wait to be able to read it one day. But thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us. We just think you're amazing. And we did before we even chatted with you. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. And um, if you guys ever come to Florida, let me know. And I really want to go to Australia. So maybe I'll be (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mothering on My Own. If you'd like to connect with us further, please follow our Instagram at motheringonmyown.podcast. Thank you.